your attention, please. Tonight we dance for our treasured guest of honor, Fester Adams. The Mamushka! <laughs> Taught to us by our Cossack cousins, the Mamushka has been an Adams family tradition since God knows when. We danced the Mamushka while Nido fiddled. We danced the Mamushka at Waterloo. We danced the Mamushka for Jack the Ripper. And now, Fester Adams, this Mamushka is for you. exploring faith and fear, what scares us and what saves us. This is The Fear of God. Hello, and welcome back to your favorite podcast at the intersection of faith and fear, where every week... And especially this year, we discuss what scares us in order to find what saves us. This is the fear of God. Speaking to you right now is one of your fear of God hosts, Nathan Rouse. And uh, typically with me is fellow co-host Reed Lackey. He was here a minute ago, but he said he needed to go uh, uh, book his travel plans for the Bermuda Triangle. Well, I hope. I hope he comes back from that. We'll, 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 we'll see what's on the up and up when he comes back. In the meantime, allow me to welcome you listeners back into What Saves Us, the second of a pair of overarching series this year, this time featuring films and media that nurture your wonder, that invigorate your awe, that enrich your humanity, not to overstate things, but that are saving you now. Last week, we got curious over a game of darts with this co-host, Bo. Josh Rouse. And today we are visiting the house of the creepy and the kooky with Fogger and Horror in the Agrammarian. What a mouthful. Asia Schwarzentruber. What another mouthful. Asia, welcome back to the show. Hello. I'm glad to be back. Yes. I'm glad you're here. Now, Asia, real quick, sit in that chair so we can play a game. And I'm going to remind listeners that here at the Fear of God, we explore, we don't explain except for right now, when I do explain to you that you can find every fog and fear of God thing imaginable at the fear of God podcast.com, including essays, team bios, episode archives, merch, read. Mamushka. Hey, Mamushka. <laughs> swallow some knives here, buddy. Oh. Hey, man. Hey, hi, Asia. Asia's here. Doing? Hello, Reed. Just showed Good up. To see you. Yeah, yeah this is you. fun. 
I would love if we could figure out the pretext of just like, oh, you just stumbled in. You want to talk about a movie? Um, <laughs> wow. But no, yeah, we should be on that. Five years in, we should be on that. It's a that bit more be... planned. It's a bit more planned than that. <laughs> right. Plans. Plan. Plan. Oh, my um, gosh. Reed, we just yeah. last week we talked about Ted Lasso with, with Josh. Mm, that was so fun. that listeners are clear. Uh, you will have heard it if you listen to that. You might have heard it on Cobra Kai. I can't remember. But my... I and my brother's affectionate word for each other is bwo, B-W-O. So the phrase co-host bwo is, is a lot. So I mean, I'm sure I, I thought that listening to the Ted Lasso episode, because we do refer to each other as that. Yeah. I don't know if you mm-hmm. noticed that. It's like people oh, are going to be I like, edited what is it. he I saying? absolutely noticed. Yeah. 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 You yeah. noticed it. And you're like, what are these idiots saying? I yep. Did- <laughs> I've known you for a very long time. And I think, well, here's the thing. I mean, in case you were feeling self-conscious, it's pretty not, apparent. But go ahead. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was just going to say, please, it, it would on. probably be pretty apparent to anybody that like, oh, that's clearly a very, uh, a, a bro-centric term of endearment. So, Or like, that's, a bro-centric term of endearment. Or a bro-centric <laughs> term of endearment. Precisely. It makes, it makes me think of the, uh, what do they call him? The illustrious priest and the princess bride. Mawedge. Mm, yes. <laughs> of the Mawedge is what brings us together. To the boys. The boys. No, you wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so we got some stuff to get to, uh, but oh. we got we got some stuff to get to, too. We got a really big bit of business on the horizon. <laughs> this is going to be this is the first like this is going to be the first episode of October. October Whoa! is my favorite month. This is, this oh, is it's crazy. so exciting. Um, have is, y'all Asia, I know Reed has. Asia, have y'all decorated yet? Do you what what's your I uh, I have the nope, hocus pocus thing right <laughs> here. Yeah, I, well, I can't see it. Your name's blocking it. Um uh I uh yes, decorating for Spooky season is a very anticipated moment here in the Swartz and Trooper household, and it is done with great uh, enthusiasm. That's awesome. That's so um, awesome. I feel a sneeze coming on. So if it happens, <laughs> it almost just happened. <laughs> We're leaving that in. Leaving that, in. <laughs> that is not the blooper reel. That is staying in the pond. <laughs> That was delightful. <laughs> it, sounded like, it sounded like you felt the spirit. You just got it. Like you just got it. Oh, the Halloween spirit is taking me over. Woo. All right. So, wow. You can actually see it. I am red. Yep. The light is revealing that. Um, I was at a home tonight uh, for my work. And I'm sure these people thought, what a weirdo, because their house was exploded with halloween decor i mean it was actually pretty impressive that's like inside the home not on the exterior as a decoration on right you know an exterior wall inside the home in their den they had this large sort of window that looked out on the backyard the inside the den was a massive web with a massive hairy spider on it like the interior of the house and that's just one of dozens of things (laughs) it was funny because i'm like I know y'all think I'm weird, but I really just have to gush over your decorations here. You've really outdone yourselves here. What am I here for again? Oh, yeah. Right. It doesn't matter (laughs) because let me take some pictures. I did think about taking pictures, but I was like, then they're really going to think I'm weird. (laughs) Anyway. So, yes. Oh, that's awesome. uh, uh, My family spent part of the weekend uh, traveling amidst a couple of stores and then to (laughs) see what they might have and then did some decorating. I'm really... 
I'm, you know, I need your encouragement here. So uh, I bought two of those skeletons and they're like the quote unquote life-size skeletons. Oh, sure. Yeah. And we have this uh, kind of picnic style table out in our front yard. And right now the skeletons are out there, like just enjoying each other's company at this table. <laughs> and I've just got this vision. And I really want to try to pull it off. I don't know if I'm going to be able to, or where I'm going to find this stuff. I really love the idea of like adding to it continually over the coming days, like a more Ooh. elaborate scene of yeah. like Gothic style <clears throat> uh, uh, table settings. Mm-hmm. And yes. ultimately, so that come Halloween weekend or so, um, even adding like, like some sort of audio element mm-hmm. to it. I, oh, I don't know. I'm like, great. that would be so cool. God, yes. it would be awesome. Yes. I mean, I, mean so. I think you're only, th- the only difficulty would be in obviously like if you wanted to do a tableau that was beyond just the two skeletons you've already had, then you're sort of investing in lots of other characters that place sure. around it. But I mean, the, the possibilities with that table are yeah. endless. That's, that's amazing. And, Maybe keep oh. adding a skeleton or two. Oh, man, I even tried to, awesome. I tried to pose one that they're, they're less posable than I'd like, but I think you'd probably have to spend a lot of money on really fancy ones if you wanted super posability. Uh, but I tried to have one like tilted back with his hand in the air, like yeah. laughing. You know? <laughs> oh, it sort wow. of translates. But anyway, we'll see. We'll see. Awesome. Speaking of Halloween weekend. Yes. Our primary business time entry here. Man, this is exciting. I'm so Tell excited. Them, Asia. <laughs> 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 it is um, brewing. It yeah, is brewing. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yes. So, so Reed, I'll let you follow. I'll, I'll throw out here and, and you elaborate. But we have a date. Save the date, friends the and date, foggers, y'all. for you ready for this <laughs> October 29th is a Friday, mm-hmm. right? Let me, uh, uh, let me, let me. Yeah, October 29th is a Friday, uh, 29th, yes. yes, yes, you are correct because Halloween Check the calendar because on... it would be like me to be like October 26th is <laughs> a Monday, day. um, October 29th, Friday, mm. 8 30. PM Eastern Standard Time. Correct. Is going to be the first ever, hopefully annual, Fogoween party. I'm Live. so excited. Uh, on Zoom. And Live on Zoom. It's so exciting. So we got a date. Check your calendars now. Make it happen. We want to see you there. This is for everybody who is listening to my voice right now. <laughs> but but is it? how do they get to the party okay what's going to happen at the party at least loosely because we're still working out a little bit of details all right so okay so a couple of weeks ago we started pitching this and we said that there would be a place on the website that you could go there uh we mean it this time if you go to the website we meant at that time but yes we meant at that time and then just you know best laid plans all that all that good literary stuff so um but there is a link and what you will do is you will need to give us when you go to that link you will need to give us just a couple of key pieces of information. We're not asking for anything, you know, uh, like uh, pers- Your social, personal. social. No, please. we're not asking for oh, those things. Oh, we're not, we're not asking, asking for okay. those things. I know you want them. I misheard you, that one. You got mine, and that has that just been on the notes. Years yeah, stuck in this. I appreciate way. all the so, yeah. things I've yeah. been able to purchase. Yeah, your- yeah, that's that's been fun with my bank. But um, so anyway, <laughs> popping off that bit, we just need most primarily your email address so that we can give to you the most pertinent details. We will be, this is a, a fog party that is open to literally anybody who listens to the show and wants to join it. That having been said, we are not going to be publishing the link 
to this party in a public place. So if you are hearing us, you hey, are scavenger invited. hunt in your town. <laughs> right. God, no, I wish work for it. Yes, yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> but so if you are hearing us, you are invited. Um, but if you are hearing us, you will need to go to the website to give us your email address through that banner at the top of the very first page when you pull it up. Um, you'll need to basically RSVP that way so that through your email address, we can provide you pertinent information like the Zoom link where it'll be happening, a few more details around, you know, like costuming and uh, stuff like that. Cause it'll be, you know, we're, we're going to encourage there's going to be like some raffle prizes, there's going to be some games, there's going to be raffle you know, prizes. I, I just, what? Yeah, that's just happened right here. So, um, so yeah, and there's, you know, it's, it's going to be really fun. We're just, we're, we, this year, uh, not to get too like heavy for a fun thing, but like this year has all been about community. You know, we've invited, mm. uh, you know, a bunch of guests on the show. We've expanded the community. Um, and so we wanted to celebrate that in spooky season month, uh, by just getting the community together so that they can get to know each other so that they can get to know us. So we can just have a really great time to kick off the Halloween weekend. So we want to celebrate that with you. If you are listening to this, consider yourself invited. And in order to let us know that you want to attend, RSVP using the front uh, page banner on the fearofgodpodcast.com. You will need to give us your email address because that is how we will be getting the Zoom link to you when all of those details are further shored up. Did I miss anything or is that pretty much it? I don't think so. I, I think mean, that's it. You're so, not going to miss me because I'm going to be there. AJ, you're going to be there? Right. I'm going to be there. Yeah, it's gonna be so much fun. It's gonna be so. That's much awesome. Fun. I am. That's gonna be I am, And oh. to be, cl- I'm sorry to cut you off, Reed. To oh, be clear, oh. like this is like you can have your significant other there. This is not just like oh, oh I didn't mention. I'm yes. I'm a listener to the show, and they don't really you're into it. Like bring, come one, come all. Oh, as long as you have the Zoom link. Uh, but it's your screen. You know, populate it with whomever you want. That's um, exactly right. Yep. So exactly. so yeah, that will bring be very the Gomez fun. to your Morticia. There you Ooh, go. Very nice. Mez. Very nice. Yes, absolutely. Um, so yeah, that's a uh, that's business time. Okay. I didn't freeze. I was just sort of making a goofy face. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that was just your face. So um, I thought you were. I thought you were like pausing for a dramatic effect because this is where watch is going to be playing over. But sure, we'll do that. <laughs> And we're back. So yes, it's been a minute since we've done a watcha. Clearly, we're quite rusty on the watcha. It's a it's a rusty watcha. Um, yeah, we did a we did a watcha last week, but it had been a minute. Oh since yeah, that's we had right. Done it. Yeah. Well, so. what listeners don't know is that is a really rusty watcha <laughs> in the recording. <laughs> you, uh, our sound engineer extraordinaire, made it sound fantastic, like butter. But it was rough. It was like twenty uh, minutes of pervasive technical difficulties. If you're listening, I'm sorry, to what? La- yeah. Are you there, like, Bo? If you're listening to the Ted Lasso episode and you hear that whatcha just seamlessly in the conversation, yeah, I will all magic. Just just know that was uh, yes, audio magic because it was 20 minutes of what just happened. I don't understand. You, you kind of did doing? a deep fake of my brother. I I kind of did. <laughs> <laughs> That's really impressive, Reed. Your skills have grown. Uh, Asia, <laughs> we won't shut up, so we're gonna do that and let you go first on your watcha. What whatcha been watching? reading and or listening to asia 
Oh, it's so embarrassing. Oh, oh we're no. all friends here. I honestly have been thinking about this because I knew it was a Is possibility. Is that a new one? What you're thinking? <laughs> it should be. Yeah. Okay. It should yeah. be. That yeah. would just go on forever. But yeah. um, I was a, it, I knew that this might come up. So in one sense, I tried very hard to be taking in something that would be interesting to talk about. Mm-hmm. But because of just some recent stuff in my life that's been a little bit uh, more challenging, a little bit more difficult, and it's been a bit ongoing. I have just found that I've really needed some fluff as mm-hmm. badly as I wanted to be diving deep into some really d- you know, deep, interesting content. And I have okay. watched that. Sure. But the, the real thing that's been living in my brain recently to try to distract from Again, some difficult things is I've been binge watching Gilmore Girls and I hate myself for it. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, I will get my 13 and 11 year old up here and they will <laughs> commune with you. That's hilarious. Now, is this a first time through? No. Okay. Okay. Oh, no, this That's was a better. right. This was a I I can only take so much deep you know, theological, dark, it, I love sure. deep, dark theological material, but this was, I need mindless, glittery, fluffy. I sure. need all of it. And it has been healing my soul. And so I will not be ashamed to say it. Do not know. <laughs> that is so awesome. No, we will not in the spirit of, or in the language of leftovers, take your beach ball from you. No, Thank um, you. you enjoy Thank it. You. Now, I can't really engage because I just don't know, but I do have a funny story related to that, which is, you know, we they probably think we are despots with the media we greenlight for my children to consume. We try just to be conscientious parents. And when you have children that are as close in age, two years apart, there's a double challenge because, you know, what might the 13 year old be? kind of mature enough for, uh, uh, that the 11 year old might not be, you know, so, so you're really kind of just trying to find stuff. Well, I would not have greenlit the Gilmore girls. Uh, and actually I, I, I say that out of ignorance, I admittedly have not watched it. I just, in a general sense, had an idea of the demographic it was targeting. And that was a little scaled up from where my kids ages were, What I didn't know is one night they hung out and spent the night at my parents' home and my mother started them on Gilmore Girls. I was like, ah, okay, here we are. And uh, I really wrestled with that for a few weeks because they were binging. Mm -hmm. And then one night I was prepping to record and they were watching an episode in my room and all this like sex talk was happening. I was like, okay, okay. It is time <laughs> to put the dad foot down. I don't know about this anymore. This is, this is a lot. Okay. <laughs> and that's why they now watch lost because right. we had a, we, we had as a parents, we had a conversation. We're like, we feel terrible taking this away from them because they had so gotten engrossed in it. And so you, you learn that when you remove a thing, you, you got to replace it with a thing. So I was like, okay, fine. This is when we'll start lost. So uh, uh, maybe sometime soon they'll get back to it. But that is, that's my Gilmore Girls story. Now, wow. how far are you in your rewatch? How much Gilmore content is there? Uh, so seven? there's seven seasons. I'm about halfway yeah. through season six. 
Okay. This mm-hmm. has been a very, very quick binge, guys. As <laughs> and again, you you guys know me well enough now to know that sometimes when I get into something, I go down a bit of a vortex. Sure. And <laughs> it's it tends to play on some type of medium, even so that I can just listen to it as often as possible. It's just how I comfort myself. <laughs> so it's been very quick and I've really enjoyed every sustaining moment of it. Uh, so, so awesome. Hey, I'm listen, this is not my watch it because it has not begun yet, but actively rising. The only reason I'm not doing it is because I really want to focus on like Halloween spooky stuff through October, but there is a high probability that come November, the, uh, thought about for two years, but never quite happened. MacGyver rewatch binge is going to take place in the lackey household because I've been thinking about it for a very long time. And then like MacGyver came up recently. I can't remember, maybe because of Malignant and James Wan and that kind of sort of recrossed my ether because he relaunched the the reboot. Uh, So yes, just, yeah. So just to, just to pour some comparable, like I get it. Like I've I've been very much like sort of itching to do my MacGyver rewatch because it is just so, you know, it's just it's super, super clean and easy. Haven't done it yet, but mm-hmm. but anyway, because you had a, a paper clip and some bubble gum. And oh, man. You and found you your way make out. Everything happen. The with that. Yeah. Yeah. Can't, <laughs> because excuse me, my watch is in the spirit of that. Can oh, I can I jump go in? It. Go so for it. This is this is great. So um, why did I do this? Right. I don't know if y'all are like this, but Every now and then you sort of look, you sort of step out of yourself and you're like, WTF, what, what is just, this is, there's a lot. Um, I'll frame it this way. I watch a lot of stuff, but more often than not, it is purposeful. Like I am watching a thing for the show or I'm watching a thing because we might one day talk about it on the show or I'm watching the MCU because it's the MCU. Like it's checking specific buckets that are not as much about meeting a a pleasure need as they are just okay well i need i need to do the thing okay okay i gotta watch this thing tonight because of that well there's probably a life lesson in here which is to say you sort of have to take care of yourself (laughs) and i was recently asia in a similar headspace where i was like i i need laughter i need comfort and laughter and, you know, certain intentionally propped up avenues, i.e. recording with peers can provide that. But when I'm, when it's just me, I'm at the house and like, it's the kids are in bed, like, and you're flipping through all your stupid services you pay for, or don't pay for or whatever. And you're like, well, this all sucks. You know, there's nothing here. So the other night I was like, I, I want to laugh, but what's weird about me amongst many things is most of what is quote unquote comedic out in the world. I just don't find that funny, like, mm-hmm. which sounds hoity toity and might be, I don't mean it as hoity toity. It just means like, Oh, this thing is so funny. Like, well, yeah, it's, it's okay. Um, so the other night I, I fell down a vortex. Uh, and let me rephrase that. I leapt. <laughs> I, I threw my arms out to my side and just dove into the vortex take me gravity um take me gravity. <laughs> <laughs> yes but in this case it was take me martin short oh and nice, nice. man 
I so so th- there's two two pieces here that lead to a sort of third. My wife and I we're only one and a half episode in because we're sleepy adults. Uh, but we started only murders in the building. Oh, I watched that. Yeah. Yeah. And so we, we watched the pilot, which was fun and got halfway through the second one. Then my wife fell asleep and I'm like, oh, well, I'll turn it off. <laughs> but what it did do was like, God, I love this old man. Martin, and that's amazing. And so I then watched the Steve Martin, Martin short comedy special, which is mm-hmm. on Netflix, uh-huh. where they toured a couple of years ago and had a grand old time with that. And then, y'all, I am not. I am not the guy to sit and watch YouTube. Like when people tell me the stories are like, Oh, just follow the links on YouTube. Like, that's weird, man. I don't, I don't, that's, it's a generational thing. It is not a thing I do. But the other night after finishing that comedy special for like an hour, I just started watching on YouTube, Martin short stuff. Wow. And Holy. Yeah. I almost said it. My God, <laughs> that man is hysterical. Like my wife, she was out and she came home and she's, and you know, we reference a lot to her in that moment. It's kind of like him, you know, like you found that, huh? This is, this is you doing that thing, right? Like, yes, it is. And I love this man deeply. Honestly, Reed receive this for all the glorious compliment compliment. It is. He makes me think of you on a certain level. Uh, oh, um, that's a huge, that's your, impression, see that. your impressions huge... aren't as good. Your impressions aren't as Whoa. good, but the energy I'm like watching him and Steve Martin. I'm like, that could be me and Reed, but I'm getting like bold over with, Joyful you should right now. That is delightful. one. I if you haven't that. watched the comedy special, it's just a perfect distillation of the two of them. Mm-hmm. Have y'all watched this? Do you know what I'm talking yes. about? Yes. I, I haven't seen it yet. Been intending okay. to for a while. There's a right bit. Now. now, what I did learn is there's it's also kind of a compilation of bits, too, which I didn't know. Oh, Every okay. now and then you're like, oh, man, but it's fine. But there's a bit. Asia, you might remember this when Martin Short is pretending to be a marionette up on the piano. That oh is my gosh. I mean, just bold. It's hysterical. My God, it's hysterical. Oh, that's awesome. Um, that's awesome. But watching just clips and clips and clips of interviews and bits from the last 40 years of this man. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, God, he is so incredible at what he does. Um, Yeah. He's amazing. Did you know, Reed, he's got an incredible Robin Williams impression. I don't think I've ever seen his Robin. It is mind blowing. Really? I'll have to look this up. Oh my gosh. I want to look this up. He would do it on SNL. Now, the bulk of what I was seeing was primarily like talk show footage, you know, like oh, interviewing okay, Mark sure. Short yeah, for yeah. a thing. But every now mm-hmm. and then you'll see like SCTV clips. <laughs> oh God. Half wits <laughs> on SCTV. I mean, it's oh, half wits. My I've wife seen makes fun of me. My wife makes fun of me because like Martin Short will come on screen and I just start laughing. Like, <laughs> yeah. I just start talking. Yeah. I can't help myself. It's He's delightful. It's, it's glorious. But his impressions are staggering. There's something from Carson circa 1984 with Betty Davis sitting next to him. That's just hysterical. You, you, you know it. I, and, okay. Yeah, you, finish, you finish. And then I want to jump in right before Nate uh, no, comes I, on. You finish. All I'm then- trying to say is I needed it so badly. My spirit needed it. Like you awesome. needed Gilmore girls. I needed to just like chill out, set aside all responsibility and just like bask in oh what gosh. humans are capable of when when their intention and purpose in life is to bring joy and, mm-hmm. and manic energy to the world that's what nathan i am floored right now okay i didn't think to use this as a watcher because i just didn't think about it i kid you not 
I did the exact same thing with Martin Short. That's this hilarious. Week. Wow. I, that is awesome. I showed my husband this movie I watched when I was eight years old. I was in love with Martin Short when I was a child. It was called A Simple Wish. I made him watch it. Oh, with yeah. Me. For, yeah. for kicks and giggles. And then I went down a Martin Short vortex. I watched the it's Betty amazing. Davis thing, the Robin yeah. Williams. Like, yeah, that's every, amazing. I had this Incredible. experience. He's amazing. Like his, his in the moment capabilities as a performer. It, it honestly, like to, to step out of the, the sort of personal experience of it, he is a consummate showman in the traditional mm -hmm. Hollywood sense. Like he yes. is his capacity in the moment to make something happen is, is unreal. There's a Rosie O'Donnell sketch where not a sketch, a talk show bit where he comes on stage and something happens and he's trying to move a chair and then pretends that the chair has fallen on him and it's stuck under his legs. And he's like, take them, take them from me or something like it's, it, it can't be articulated. Everyone do yourself a favor and just follow, oh, man. jump in, take me gravity, take me Martin short. You will <laughs> thank, you'll thank yourself. Mm -hmm. You might thank me for it. You will certainly wow. thank Martin short. I'm, I'm yes. So, so I'll, I'll tie a bow on the Martin short thing before my watch. And then we have another whole movie to get to, but the, um, but it's you know, the spirit of the movie. It's all, oh, it's all it's yeah, good. exactly. Yeah. So, but obviously like, um, uh, Three Amigos was, a, mm -hmm. you know, a repeated staple growing up that had both Steve Martin and Martin Short. Sure. In. Um, and so like love, 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 love that movie. Still love that movie. Showed that movie to our son not that long ago. And he, he also adored it. Um, but then also it's a male plane. <laughs> <laughs> my, still, still one of my favorite bits in that yeah. is when Steve Martin is to, it's a Martin bit, but when he's standing up on the top of Look up there, look up there. Look up there. <laughs> They're so clueless. <laughs> oh my gosh. It is Are you moving on from Three Amigos? Well, I was, yes. So well, there's yes. a there's a there's a note in I it might be in the Netflix special, the comedy special, which is current. It's like 2018. Uh but I I don't remember again, the vortex took me. Um, but they reference he references the three amigos. Is I think it was Steve Martin was telling the story of how because Martin Short, that's where they met. He and Steve Martin they met on was the on Three Amigos. The, the like Amigos like their their relationship began later than you would have thought, considering how, okay. how much they've invested in each other. And he tells a story about them doing a press thing that called for Chase, Chevy Chase, Steve Martin, and Martin Short to all be in their Three Amigos wear. Mm. And then Steve Martin and Chevy Chase conspired to just to be in tuxes and not tell Martin Short. <laughs> <laughs> so he's, he's the only one who shows up in the sombrero. And <laughs> that is hysterical. No, the, the other one that oh. I was going to mention that honestly is, I, I don't remember it being a very great movie, but I remember it being delightful for all of the ways that it just gives us unbridled Martin Short. And that's Pure Luck starring Danny Glover. Uh, have you ever heard of Pure Luck? Mm -hmm. So, no. oh my gosh, if you've never heard of Pure Luck, I mean, so it's Martin Short and Danny Glover. The premise of it is, is that there is this very, very wealthy, like CEO kind of guy whose daughter has gone missing and his daughter is the unluckiest woman in the world. So in order to find her, because he's like, I don't know what happened to her. He hires Danny Glover, who is either a retired cop or he's like a private detective or something. He hires Danny Glover and he's like, I need you to come find my daughter. He's like, well, how am I going to do that? And he said, I'll show you how. He invites Martin Short into a boardroom. And then uh, the entire, there's this huge long table with a 
uh, like a whole bunch of chairs and he saws the leg off of one chair and just randomly in the middle of the room. He saws the leg off of one chair and then he just invites Martin Short in and he says, no, 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 pick a seat. And he's like, oh, well, where? He said, any seat you want. Pick any seat you want. And of all of these like 30 chairs, Martin Short sits down in the one that has the bad leg. So you can see where the premise is going. He's like, I need you to take that guy, the only guy who is as unlucky as my daughter, and just (sighs) go where he goes. So it is a sequence of like misadventures while they're trying to find this man's daughter. But it's just his bad luck over and over and over again. Uh, there's this one scene where he gets stung by a bee and bloats up like a balloon and he's sitting in the back and they look at him and he's, and they're just like, are you okay? And he, Martin short endearing as always swollen up, like some sort of like water balloon looks right at him and goes, Oh, I'm fine. And you, <laughs> it's just the best. It's, it's honestly, it's not a very good movie in terms of like, um, <laughs> like, and, and in terms of objective qualities of a movie, but sure. if you are down the Martin short vortex, you owe it to yourself to seek out, and spend some time with pure luck because it's it's delightful as far as he's concerned. You've it's unlocked a, a memory. I saw this movie years and oh. years ago, and I had completely forgotten about it. Yeah, pure luck is the name of it. And, and dumb luck got us there. <laughs> um, well, you know what's so funny? We can get to, here. Here is why I'm fine to camp here for a second or more seconds. Is this movie that we're talking about today is so comedic and and well good at it? Mm. It is. I don't know, because what's funny is when I would watch what I'm trying to articulate here and failing at is there's something about the the pull the ripcord on a person who's just at the top in the world at doing what they do and mm-hmm. recording them in a punchline scenario, like a scripted scenario. In other words, sure. I watched a couple of scripted bits specifically from Father of the Bride, and they're funny, mm-hmm. but it's not the same. It's just weird, like watching him in a an improvisational setting, not scripted, not now, you know, some of those specials are 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 scripted as far as the bits go. But those interview pieces, God, you've got to go watch some of those because mm-hmm. it's just awesome. it's a person who is better at what they are doing than probably anyone on the planet. Mm-hmm. And and it's just in the moment live rip roaring kind of stuff. So anyway, yes. Well, I just I just looked up Pure Luck. Very somewhat. This is your watcher, right? Well, no, I had one, but we we spent so much time. No, the uh, Pure Luck. I just looked it up, and you can currently watch it on the Stars app. The reason I'm notating this is because it was released the same year as the Adams Family that we're talking about. It was released. Pure Luck was released the same year. Danny Glover, Martin Short. If you want to seek it out, it's available for all at all the outlets to rent. But you, if you have the Stars app, it's available to watch on demand. So there's there's that. Um, so I am eager to get to the Adams family. I am super eager to do it. So, mm-hmm. um, what I was going to bring up as a whatcha, which I will do, and we can decide like how we want to uh, handle this. I was going to bring up midnight mass because Jeez. I just, I just oh. finished. I know, I know, <laughs> but everything has been so, everything has been so like, high you know high spirited and enjoy yeah exactly midnight mass is not that um so so i will simply just say like if you are not if you've heard our conversations about the haunting of hill house if you've heard our entire series on flannel graph flanagan it is midnight mass is the latest 
sort of uh, long-form storytelling. It's a seven-episode limited series available on Netflix. All episodes. It's right only now. seven episodes. That's it's right. only seven episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So each Thank episode God. is about. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Each episode is about sixty-five minutes, but it's only seven of them, and um, and so that is the new sort of series, and I think it's the kind of thing that on that. Honestly, uh, I don't want to spend too much time spoiling it in a watcha because I think it needs to Please sort don't. of be yeah. tracked and seen for itself. And I know as of this recording, you've only seen the first episode. That's right. Um, so uh, the only thing I'm going to say about plot is the same thing that the description on the splash page would have given you, which is a new priest in town at this, um, you know, this island. And uh, it's a remote island. A new priest comes to town and mysterious things begin to happen in the island. So that is the sort of the splash page premise. But what is interesting about it is that it does wrestle uh, very intently and very directly and in some very challenging ways. Uh, That does not mean intentionally. I'll say it this way. It grapples with faith and it grapples with horror um, and it grapples with the horrors of Sounds faith. Sounds like a podcast it, I've heard of. Ah, that's right. And it grapples <laughs> with uh, you know the horrors of faith, and it grapples with the the inspirations of faith and what faith provides for us. When I say that its thematic explorations are challenging, I do not mean that they are deliberately provocative. Like one thing I appreciated about the show is that nothing about it is easy. So there are observations made by characters made by narrative beats um that it it does not break down into linear oh this is a pro-faith show this is an anti-faith show i walked away feeling like it was very pro-faith and i had a lot of things that i have latched onto that have really i think enriched me and 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 sort of brought me up in a lot of ways there's also a lot of elements in it that if somebody was like well i you know i, I feel like that was maybe antagonistic i wouldn't critique them. I would say like, yes, it's, it's very complicated. It's got some complex things going on in it. Um, it is not the kind of watch like what we were just describing. It's not the Gilmore girls. It's not the Martin short vortex. It is, you have to sort of brace for impact for it. But if you, especially during this spooky season, if matters of faith and matters of horror are of interest to you, midnight mass is a watershed moment in that specific Mm -hmm. intersection. And I, Personally speaking, loved it tremendously. Um, and so I would recommend it, but I would also put the blanket caveat on it that it is a it is a challenging watch in times. That's not because it's you know intentionally exploitative or unnecessarily graphic. It is just the story you are seeing will pose you some challenges in how you think and in in perhaps even how you believe what you believe. So it's it, it's a wonderful, wonderful piece of work. So mm-hmm. that's I'm thankful for those intersections in Asia. I know you've watched the whole of it and you can tie us off here in a second, but I'm a simple man, y'all. And I've watched the first episode and you know, do you know how to win me over? It's, it's real easy. Dana Scully, but I'm going to let you say it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Dana Scully, uh, who, who has a somewhat something of a cameo in the first episode (laughs) and uh, Neil Diamond. You know, that's, mm. that's oh, yes. really all you need because there is a banger of a song in episode one that's a Neil Diamond tune. And my parents were big Neil Diamond fans. So that's kind of in my blood. And I've been listening to that song all mm-hmm. day. <laughs> Suleiman <laughs> even made a lackey style version of it. But yes, I am looking forward to Midnight Matt Saracen. Asia, any final thoughts on any non spoilery thoughts on Midnight Mask before we 
I mean, I, I got to echo everything Reed said. I totally agree with you. I thought it was, I thought it was challenging. I thought it was encouraging. I don't think I've ever seen any work of media, you know, that wasn't a, I guess even not then this movie explores faith in a way that I've never seen done before, even by like Christian oriented movies. This is better than all of them. Um, authentic, nuanced, relatable, um, mm-hmm. deeply troubling in some really important ways, yeah, uh, and beautiful. I, I've been thinking about it. We've been listening to the soundtrack. Um, oh, me too. Oh my yeah. gosh, such a good. It just keeps going. Nathan, the soundtrack is yeah. great. The soundtrack, uh, the the soundtrack has score in it in the back half of it, but the first like nine cuts are these beautiful harmonic almost chant like hymns being sung by a congregation of people now one something one of those Ooh. featured in the first episode yeah yes mm-hmm. abide with me so that so like that opening like abide with yep. me song that is played the first like nine cuts of that are that and some of them are like five asia i was i i was taking a, an afternoon walk uh and and i had that playing and i began to cry mm-hmm. on my walk this mm-hmm. is a I wasn't I wasn't even just crying because of like the content of the show or because right. of anything. I was just I was so overwhelmed by all of it and hearing those songs and and the direct simplicity of it, the direct mm-hmm. beauty of it. It I mean that soundtrack is outstanding. It's I, it's wonderful. I feel like I don't know if this will make sense, but I feel like the show has sort of an audacious confidence in its own aesthetic. I've never seen anything quite like it. And it's, yeah. it just really knows what it's trying to do. And it attacks yeah, that with ferocity. Bigger. It's wonderful. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, let's Absolutely. stop talking so I can go right. watch it. Okay. Right. <laughs> Fair. Now, Fair. I do want, as a final sort of mic drop here, uh, this is a sincere note. AJ, you were referencing uh, uh, never seen anything take the, the, the words that came to me were take faith seriously. And you know, we deeply explored uh, a handful of Flanagan's work, uh, most notably Hill House. And so I can speak from a little experience of his material and sensibilities to say, to assume that you are quite accurate there. And and this is this is Nathan, but you tried to be conscientious towards actually, quote unquote, faith themed material. And what I would say is what it sounds like is it actually takes faith seriously. And there's a difference. Mm-hmm. There's a difference between art and art makers and thoughtful, creative people who take faith seriously and its implications and ramifications in the world, and those who just take, I don't know, evangelism seriously, which mm. is a dramatically different thing. Yes. And will and one will lead to thoughtful art, one will lead to propaganda. On mm. that note. What you watch? What you reading? What you listening to? <laughs> and here we are. That was fun. That was, that was there you go. I love it. So I want to give you the floor for a minute, Asia, uh, because you submitted this. We're so happy about it. At least I think you had a couple, but this was one of your 
what saves us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's been a minute since I read it. So, you know, this is going to be fun, new information to me in a fresh way. Um, so, so take a minute, talk to us about, you know, all, all year we've been dissecting what scares us. And now in this, what saves us sort of umbrella, you know, when, when the question posed is name a piece of film, uh, that saves you is saving you now. Why does this film enter your brain as a possible candidate for that? Hmm. I think it. So I actually had not seen this film until this year. Um, As popular as it is, as much as it is comprised of everything that I love, you know, and the Adams family just wasn't a theme that I knew growing up. I mean, obviously I knew of them. I was familiar with the, you know, the lore and the imagery and all that, but I hadn't seen anything. The cartoons, the original show, the movies, nothing. And I stumbled upon it uh, early this winter, around the times that you guys began What Scares Us. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. I was house-sitting for my parents who were wintering in Florida, and they live in this great big house that is beautiful. It's the house I grew up in. It's, it's old. It creaks. I love everything about it. But it's the dead of a Michigan winter, which can be very dark. Um, my parents are in Florida. My all of my siblings live out of state. And so it's just me and my husband in this large house for two people um, in the middle of winter. And being as it is, I tend to struggle with seasonal affective disorder, which can just make mm. the darkness of the winter very isolating. Mm. Um, and I was struggling. I was really, really struggling this past winter and was not handling the bigness of the house, the darkness of the season, um, the lack of just the ability we had at the time to go spend time with people. Mm. I was not handling it well at all. And then somehow it came into my memory that, Oh, the, you know, the Adams family movies exist and everybody's told me that I would like these. Mm. So I sat down and I watched it one day, kind of in spite of how I felt, because at that point I just was fighting every moment to feel like I wanted to do just about anything. And for the first time in what felt like months, I was giggling and just giggling and giggling like a schoolgirl. And it was so life-giving. And the fact that it was so family centric and so loyalty centric um on top of being so funny i think just really was soothing to me in that moment because i felt so alone given just the lack of i'm in i'm in the childhood house that i grew up in and nobody is here but me and my husband who you know i love and who's wonderful company but the emptiness of a big house that was once filled with you and your parents and your siblings can mm just not always be a comfortable feeling sure and the adams family just became a quirky eccentric family that i related to and that i felt connection with and it became one of my vortexes that i just (laughs) slipped into and felt joy in you know in the middle of this very dark winter that i was going through that's awesome 
That's amazing. Now, did did it, uh, and maybe this is what you're referring to with the Vortex. So I've personally only seen this film. I don't think I saw Values, the second one. But did you kind of go on a run and, and like watch the show and stuff? So I I did dip my toes into the show. So I brushed okay. up a little bit on there. But for me, what a vortex means is if it's a TV show, I'll usually binge through it. But if it's a movie, kind of like with Rosemary's Baby, I'll just, just watch it over it. and over and yeah. over until I've sure. basically memorized the whole thing. Sure. Um, or I'll listen to it again. I mm. I love listening to movies while I do things. Mm. Um, so I did that with this one. It became my, I'm at work. When I'm at work, I can focus on work. Now that I'm home, oh, I kind of feel the emptiness of not being productive creeping in. All right. It's the mamushka. Like, all right, awesome. here, where's <laughs> my family? Hilarious. Oh, that's wonderful. Now, Nathan, I do. So had you ever seen, you'd seen this before? Did you see it in the theater? Did you, what was your intersection with this one? There's a chance I saw it in the theater. I mean, I definitely, and, and it seems likely that it was a theater viewing just because I don't know that would have been one. Oh, it's out to rent. I'll go rent that. But yeah, hmm. I mean, uh, you know, what was it? 94? No, it's 91. Oh yeah. Um, so, you know, I mean, I, I, I know I, I could easily recall some signature scenes, the Pugsley and Wednesday play scene, uh, and a few various others. Um, but it had been years since I've watched this version and, and honestly, I don't know that I've, like I just said, I've definitely, definitely not seen more than the Raul Julia, uh, Angelica Houston movies. And oh, if okay. I've seen, if I've seen values, I don't remember. Uh, I saw values. Would be there. I saw values once and had, have actually intended, and especially with this rewatch have intended to go back and like, Oh, I, you know, what's, what's my memory of that? Cause I, what I remember is I remember being really swept away by this one. Mm-hmm. And this one holds up so impeccably in repeat viewings. Like we showed last season for Halloween, we showed this Adams family to our son, uh, and we all just had really a wonderful time with it. So it, it holds up remarkably well on repeat viewings. But I couldn't remember having such fondness for Adams family values. Um, and so I've been meaning actually to try to like seek it out and see if I could rewatch it, see if maybe uh, time had been kinder to it or not. I did see the animated, you know, more recent yeah. one that they did. It's um, Oscar Isaac and Charlize, right? Yeah. And I, w- I will just hang a lantern on the fact that I saw it in relative close proximity to rewatching this one. And mm. there is, for me, no contest. I do not know if that was fair to the new animated sure, vision sure. because uh, I was just, I mean, I love every scene of this movie. So if there's anybody in this conversation that has tempered feelings, just know I am going to be a steamroller of affection towards this particular iteration, but the, the animated version, which does explore like some really interesting themes about allowing people to be different, allowing people to allowing people the freedom to really not fit a mold, which Adam's family is perfectly suited for something like that. Um, but uh, it just didn't quite strike the way that and I think for me, it wasn't funny enough. Uh, the, the cartoon one, maybe I'm beating up on it unfairly, now, but this one is hysterical. Did you did and do you have familiarity with the show? No, I was a monsters guy. So I watched <laughs> 
and not that Munsters and Adams Family are competing factions, but I have sure. observed that in general, black and you, white monster show though, right. <laughs> right? If you got into the Munsters, you probably didn't. It's like Star Trek and Star it. Wars. A little bit, you're, a little bit. You're either a nerd or you're cool. <laughs> wow. Somebody, somebody brought all of the cousin it energy with them to do this conversation. <laughs> so, all the what energy? What did you say? The cousin it energy to oh, the, oh. You know, to this conversation. <laughs> um, but no, so I, but I think I think just writ large. I mean, I've watched every episode of the Monsters multiple times. So I think because that was sort of my my jam, I never made it over into Adam's family. That having been said, my my affection for this film specifically is pretty boundless i i love this movie so much that feels because i think for this we're doing that so right yeah oh yeah. we are absolutely doing okay that so right, right. I, I mean as opposed to that ain't right all right so because yeah, yeah, yeah. that that feels read <laughs> take two that feels like an appropriate spot to highlight the fact that there's just so much right about this movie that's so right it's just so right it's just so Okay, nice. Asia, you are our guest. You are the one who submitted this. Like, what, as you scan your That So Rights, what is the one? Oh. If you had to just pick one, because you might, with maybe a runner up, what is the one? <laughs> if I had, oh, just one. Okay. I think if I, if I had to just pick one, I, okay. It's, <laughs> it's not coming easy for me. And I even wrote him down. I think for me, this I picked this one because I think it encompasses all of sure. the other ones. Mm. I think it's it's the whole idea of the party that they throw for Fester and the Mamushka, because mm. I think it just encapsulates the whole notion that the Adams family want their family to keep growing. And it's in that moment that again, like fester, like you are one of us, you know, we mm -hmm. do not shun you for being gone for so long. Like all the old things of the past are forgiven and forgotten. Mm. And even Margaret, you know, kind of this very interesting little side character who kind of comes in with a very rough exterior and who, you know, has this, this interesting relationship with cousin it, <laughs> <laughs> she is totally embraced by this family, even though she is nothing like them, but they mm -hmm. are so happy to have her anyway. You know, if, if it's very much this feeling that's created of, if you will have us, we will have you. Mm -hmm. um, mm. And the scene is fun. The scene is joyful. It's creative. Uh, it's over the top. It just, I feel like it just encapsulates everything about you know that we like about this movie it's wonderful the it's so um, wonderful. i did watch it with my eldest too and uh just had a good time and they were laughing at parts and and during the mamushka when fester catches the knife in his throat oh. my, my middle kid she's like Is that, can, can people really do that <laughs> I, was like, ah, I mean don't try it <laughs> i'm sure there's some crazy some people out there who you know can do wild things with their bodies and sharp objects but i don't want you to go try it um <laughs> uh but it was funny we did we did enjoy watching it all together that's awesome read what that's what 
is, is there a, a standout for you? Okay. So I, there is, a, I'm, I'm really, really torn. There are, there are two. Uh, so at the risk of maybe mentioning one, you might mention Nathan, I'm going to, I'm going to go with the one that is probably most ideal to me, but, uh, we'll have to mention the other one somewhere. If you don't yeah. take this one, um, I am going to say very specifically Morticia Adams's one-liners. Oh my <sighs> gosh. With first of all, Angelica Houston is a treasure. She is so like macabre, lovely in this film. Like she is really alluring in this movie. And then she has this very like suave sort of elegance to her. And then <laughs> every single, I think she has most of the best lines. There are some really yes. funny lines of dialogue across the board, but she has most of the best lines. But what really sells it? Oh my gosh. She has got timing perfected. She has absolutely a bullseye for every single delivery like the pause that it takes to really hit the punchline on a line <laughs> where he's like how long has it been since we've done the waltz and she says oh gomez and then beat beat and she goes hours the one where she's there's so many times until you catch the rhythm of what she's doing there's so many times where you think like is she really shocked by this and then she'll be like he's coughing up blood and then the lady's like coughing up blood and she says well, not like he used to. <laughs> I don't know why this one is my favorite, but she's going through Fester's things. And we can, when we get into the more of the, the conversation, like the sort of the central plot of the film, but she's going through Fester's things. And this is when we still think he's an imposter. And so like, she's going through all of this. And then she's like, all of these torture devices. And then she's like, strychnine. And she says, Fester. As if we'd run out. <laughs> she is she is a wonder. She is a glorious wonder in this movie. And I, I love her to pieces. I want Morticia Adams to be my friend. I am so delighted mm -hmm. by every single line of dialogue she has in this movie. I love her to death. She's it's wonderful. It's great. My favorite Morticia Adams line is Uncle Nick Knack. <laughs> 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 oh my goodness. I love when well, she's talking to the one. It's a throwaway one, but I love when she's talking to the one. The, the lady is like trying to highlight the disturbing Wednesday Adams picture uh, on the wall, and then she's showing all of the others. And when she, you know, shows all these admirable heroes, and then Morticia just looks at her and says, Have you spoken to her parents? <laughs> <laughs> well, if I can throw in there, this is just really a shade, shade throwing on, uh, I mean, honestly, me, uh, perhaps uh, the rest of us too, uh, when she's looking for work. And and what was your major? Spells and hexes. So liberal arts. <laughs> 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 well, great. I feel like thematically, Asia, yours is going to go some good places. Reed, you you invoked some things that, that would be part of mine too because what i was going to what i was toggling between you actually pointed to both of them was one the casting uh but two was the scripting you know is because because and i know that's two things but i'm, I'm using them as extensions of what you were saying because the casting's fantastic i mean mm -hmm. she and raul julia are i mean they're pretty hot <laughs> I, I didn't like, i didn't throw any love on raul julia but good lord yeah. he's, well, she, he's she had she threw movie. enough to spare oh, um man. you know because like watching it with your kids like i can't remember <laughs> this didn't this, yeah this is not gonna get dirty but they are lighting up the screen right. um so lots of chemistry there which is really great but to my point earlier about the martin short vortex like it is so great 
to watch a thing that is categorically a comedy and actually find it funny (laughs) and just be like, this is really funny. This is very sharp script. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't know. I, I think again, can't speak to the animateds or the sequel to this film, but what this movie does in its runtime is pretty dang impressive. Um, you know, I, I will not be as ardent a fan as Reed, you mentioned, so I'll let you steamroll, but, but I think it is hard not to just be impressed with what they pull off uh, with the production. So, so yeah, for me that that's all right would be the casting, which is impeccable and, and piggyback on yours is just, is, is the scripting. Can I, so can I just mention too, just because we said casting, I mean, obviously Christopher Lloyd is doc Brown. And so, so much of, I mean, like, so what I will say, and then uh, I'm actively gonna like toss it to Asia to maybe pile on if she has some other comments to make is like, I'm amazed at how he is so perfect for this role because I never would have cast him in this. If I were trying to visualize an Uncle Fester, I never would have picked Christopher Lloyd. And he is perfect for this. He disappears into it. He still has the voice. He still has the facial tics, the facial affectations, but I lose him. And I see Uncle Fester in it. I don't see any touches of Doc Brown. I don't see any touches of Jim from Taxi. I mean, like Christopher Lloyd's more iconic roles all fade away. And he is Uncle Fester in this. It's a really mm-hmm. wonderful performance. Mm-hmm. Um, I have one scene that I want to mention, but Asia, I want to give you an opportunity to like pile on to all this casting, scripting, production. Oh. Love if you have anything else to say. Yeah, going immediately off of you. Christopher Lloyd was one of the, one of the first reasons I finally decided to watch the movie because Mm. again we're talking about vortexes tonight i was on a christopher lloyd kick i was just watching anything i could very specific kick yeah right yeah um i was just watching anything i could find of his and okay here he is in this movie i everyone's told me to watch it so he very specifically led me to um this film and oh Reed, yeah, he was he was delightful and he was charming and endearing in all of the ways that, you know, we love Christopher Lloyd for. And I mean, we're talking about casting little Christina as Wednesday to get a child. Yes. To get a child to just be as so perfectly deadpan as she is. She's just delightful and she's so macabre and not to you know, get into a movie we're not talking about, but she only gets better in Am- Adam's family values. I would oh, say mm-hmm. she completely steals the second movie. Mm. Um, okay. Mm. She, yeah, she's just fantastic. Are they made from real Girl Scouts? Oh, <laughs> she- <laughs> she's so great. Um, and then I said, I love too, where she's like, we're going to play a game. What's it called? Is there a God? It's just, Oh man, it's great. Okay, so speaking, so supporting some love on Wednesday, and none of us mentioned it. And you cannot talk about that so right for an October movie in spooky season without talking about the glory, the oh. wonder, the magnificence of Pugsley Adams and Wednesday Adams' dual play for the talent show. That is a work of wonder. Like <laughs> it is so great because watching this movie and then all of a sudden they're doing a sword fight, the pair of them. But of course, Uncle Fester has provided them with like these 
spewing blood props and these bits of makeup that will just <laughs> I mean <laughs> just spewing gushing oh, yes uh, <laughs> they just baptize the yes yes they, they completely baptize the audience in blood <laughs> it is just it is delightful and then when it's all over the entire audience is just sitting there red drenched completely saturated and stunned and the Adams family road just stands up <laughs> bravo bravo oh man it is it is so magnificent i love it, it so much it's great it's it's also really funny so when i rewatched the film do kind of just freshly prepep prepep <laughs> that was like my sneeze earlier that was fantastic that, that's in the canon prepep <laughs> Uh, it's french like morticia yes oh, <laughs> um um to get ready for this particular episode i actually showed it to a friend i was like oh you've got to watch this movie with me it's mm, one of my mm. favorite you know it's one of my new favorites and we got to that scene and it's really interesting to see how different people respond to that scene because she's oh, also wow. a social worker and these are children you know oh. <laughs> and, yeah and I Wait, cackle. your friend is? My friend is. A, yes. oh, oh, okay. Okay. I cackle every time I watch that scene just because the audience interaction and just everybody covered in blood oh, and the yeah. children just getting so into it to me is so deeply hysterical. And she was so deeply uncomfortable, which oh, to no. me just That's added funny. to the humor because sure. you can see the actual interplay of the moment in the wow. film acting out in real life. Oh. It was great. It was great. That's awesome. What did she oh, think of Rosemary's awesome. Baby? <laughs> I actually did get her to watch it. It wasn't her favorite. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, at least she's taking care of the baby in the end. Yeah. She was like, Social worker. she's like, it was well made. That's funny. That's pretty much all she said. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. Shall we exit that, sir? Right. Let's go ahead. I'm sure we're going to say more that would have qualified, yeah. but yes, let, let's go ahead. That's just so right. Man, that's awesome. Um, so, yeah, we've poured out a bunch of love uh, and affection on just the, the quality of the production. This is directed by Barry Sonnenfeld. It's a... Um, it's a really, I think it's one of those unique relics of the 90s that ages remarkably well. Like it's got a very 90s sensibility. It's 91, but it very much is the kind of movie that you can see and immediately know like, oh, that's the 90s. It's not, doesn't look aged enough to be 80s. It's not quite cheesy enough to be 80s. It's very much got an immersive feel to it. Um, but something, and I, and I don't want to steal your thunder, Asia, so I'm actually just going to kind of uh, like tap dance on, uh, not even tap dance, like tap on the window of something. I don't know why I said tap dance, because I'm going to apparently be like an Adam, so just like <laughs> well, scale up. That, and, <laughs> whoa. Um, no, I'm just going to tap on the window of something and then and, and maybe invite you to, to share some of your thoughts, because you mentioned the mamushka, and one of the things that I think is really maybe edging at a bit of accidental profundity in this film. And the reason I call it accidental is because it, it, it does not seem to me like the type of film that is interested in provoking tremendous thought. I think it's interested in you having a wonderful time while right. you're watching it. I think that is the main aim of this film and achievement unlocked, I should say. But um, <laughs> I think the accidental profundity is the premise is that the Adams family exists and Uncle Fester has been missing. 
for a very, very long time. And so then they're a state lawyer, they're, you know, accountant. I'm not entirely sure what uh, Dan Hadea's character is to them, but he's like a, an estate affairs manager or something. And um, he gets accosted by this woman who is after their estate. And Christopher Lloyd, who plays Uncle Fester, is actually her like adopted son. And what progresses, and it's not a, it's not a dreadfully spoiler averse mm-hmm. film. So, so yes, I'm about to spoil the very ending of the movie, but don't worry too much about that because it won't affect much of any of your enjoyment of it. So, what what Christopher Lloyd does is, as this woman's adopted son, he is going to pose as Uncle Fester to the Adams family. He's gonna. He looks just like him. And he's going to pose as Uncle Fester, infiltrate them, find out where they're hiding their treasures, find out how to sort of steal their estate from out from under them, and, uh, and then you know, deliver that back to his adopted mother. What you eventually discover, he just kind of gets swept away in being part of the Adams. At first, there's some resistance and everything that he eventually gets swept away, culminating in the Mamushka dance scene. Um, but then what you discover at the end as a, in a kind of a, was that a twist? I don't think that was a twist. That was obvious, it's, right? That's more like a yeah. yada yada. Yeah. 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 So that, uh, in point of fact, Christopher Lloyd was always the right. real uncle Fester and that he had received amnesia when he was younger and had gotten kind of taken in by this woman. And so now he is back home. The accidental profundity is what it's playing with about the fact of a person who has lost themselves, lost their way, and then sort of tries to imposter their way into it. And they imposter their way into actual belonging, into mm-hmm. actual like, and then it all of that washes away to where what started as kind of fakery then eventually becomes true embracing, true family, truly mm-hmm. coming back into who you are. And I think that's a little bit of like a kind of an accidentally pretty profound concept to be wrestling with uh, which again, let me just, let me jump on that real quick because that exact sure. point because uh, what's so funny about this when i was talking a minute ago about the scripting if i feel like there's a weak spot hold your hold your 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 finger wagging it's Muted. the yada yada of the end except mm. that and when i say yada yada, it's a seinfeld reference they, they, they really just are like Oh, by the way, it's really him. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Except that I am totally forgiving of it because so much of so much of what you described read thematically only works if he both is not and then is him. You know, mm-hmm. and that's right. Right. so on a certain level, it's a really convoluted plot choice mm-hmm. to make. Uh, but at the same time, you only get the good rich themes this movie does actually have going on if you're walking this very thin tightrope of like it's not him it's him huh you know so anyway (laughs) yeah so uh your thoughts on that if if any asia oh yeah so many it's i mean even just a quick note on what nathan just said i mean this is definitely one of those movies that uh requires a huge amount of suspension of disbelief simply by the fact that both children are alive by the end of it, (laughs) let alone like who's actually related to who. It's just, wow, we all made it. Um, But I, I remember the first time I watched it feeling just 
like shockingly not emotional, but just warmed, just very, very mm. warmed in the scene as, as again, as macabre and funny as it is when the children are in the foyer of the house rehearsing their duel for the mm. pageant and uncle Fester, it's like something wakes up inside of him and he's mm. like, no, 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 no. You're doing this wrong. Let me show you how to properly slaughter somebody. And it's this piece of him that he didn't even realize was there that he cannot help but let out in this moment, A, because it just fits so well into his surroundings, and B, because he cares about them and he wants them to do it right, even if what he is teaching them is, <laughs> you know, immoral at best. <laughs> but it's this genuine affection that he suddenly discovers for the kids mm. uh, as he's trying to, to teach them his uh, nefarious ways. Um, and I think in, in that self-discovery moment, we, you see how much good can be done by people just accepting you for who you are, even though you don't know who you are mm. uh, and giving you the space to grow in that. Cause Fester never could have, you know, come back to who he was had they not given him so much space to be wrong for mm. so long, even when they suspected him, you know, when they mm. all took their turns of suspecting, but they chose to love him first. And I know that's not, you know, as much as the movie, I think, intended to put forward, but I can't sure. help but think that every time I watch it. Yeah. What well, what I do think what I do think the film does do, is deliberately after if it's after any version of theme is the way in which unbridled acceptance and affection can bring you into who you really are. And I do think that is an intentional aim of the script because that's text. That's that's him piece by piece, scene by scene, the facade because there's all this tension of his mother has this design for him, and mm -hmm. he is fundamentally a pawn to her. Meanwhile, they are embracing him as long-lost relative, and right. they are just like, oh, man. And so they're inviting him into the vault, and they're, you know, they, they are bringing him along onto all of their traditions, and the kids are really super excited that Uncle Fester is finally back. And especially the moment that really gets to me is when he goes back up to talk to his mom after that ball, mm. after the mamushka, and he cannot stop dancing. And mm -hmm. just the glee awesome. that, is, that is, he just cannot stop. And he's back where he's supposed to be this imposter. He's supposed to be the pawn again, but he's just like, mamushka, mamushka. You know, like it's all just, and, and like I said, while the film may not be trying to make some rich, deep statement about like, ooh, you really are faking, but you know, find who you are. I do think there is an actual textual aim for it to mm -hmm. say like, yeah, if you're just loved and, and, and given affection for who you are, you will come into who you are. Mm -hmm. Like, and it, that is, yeah. Mm. Well, yeah, it reminds ahead, me no. a lot. It reminds me a lot of like, I, I've thought a lot, Reed, probably because I've just listened to it in the last 48 hours, but the are harping on the Ted Lasso, uh, Nate and Roy line in the locker room scene in mm. the locker room mm -hmm. and how in a safe environment, when confronted with truth, you can come into wholeness. Yeah. And, and it's so fascinating because this is purely speculation, but 
your assessment of affirms a little bit my observation of what I would have thought the new animated one is like, hmm. because there's a, it feels like I have not seen it. Uh, uh, and I can, uh, like the worst media consumer, make snap judgments about trailers. I'm looking at you malignant and be, can be proven wrong about that as Reed will remind me, but, um, Frequently. just watching so much, uh, just watching the trailer for the animated, it feels like what it's saying is, uh, monsters are people too. And sight gags are funny versus I was really struck, uh, by what it feels like something at the heart of this movie that I do think might be intentional and not just me reaching or papering over it, uh, papering it over this is monsters aren't monsters at all. Mm. And communal love is the only thing that will get you through. Like, like that does not feel like it's reaching mm. whatsoever. Um, you know, and that's why I say what does feel like an oddity of story structure, mm-hmm. i.e., by the way, it wasn't him, but it's him. Right. <laughs> Works because the theme irons that very large wrinkle out because it's thematic. Like, like that mm-hmm. choice undergirds and supports that thematic notion. And I think mm-hmm. that's really, mm-hmm. it's really powerful to me. And I was really struck. And, and, you know, I can't quite keep track of how long we'd be going here. So I don't know if it's cool to just, we're, we're here, but. What I was blown away by that that tiptoes right out of that idea is and how I wrote it down is the idea of the Adams family as portrayed in this movie is about consecrating the darkness. And Mm. I want to make a real clear point when I say this. I actually am not saying erases darkness. I'm saying calls it here's me being bold calls the darkness good. Mm. And to me, that is why I can ignore or not care at all about that weird story wrinkle is because I believe the, the revelatory nature of the Christ spirit in the world calls literally everything in creation. Good be it quote unquote, what we would call light or dark. And this movie is very interested and these are these people aren't weird you are weird for thinking these people are off and that's a really fascinating and powerful sort of statement well and i think it's yeah yeah and and um i am connecting pretty strongly with the sentiment that you're exploring there but i think it i think it might even this is just the way I'm receiving it. So feel free to push back on my pushback, but um, I think it might even minimize the point you're making to say it consecrates darkness. I think it consecrates difference. And I feel like that's one of the things that in this situation, it happens to be dark and it happens to be morbid and it happens to be macabre. Mm -hmm. But I think one of the things that I really enjoy about it is that they show no prejudice whatsoever. And I've forgotten her character's name. You know, like uh, who's the, Margaret, that it, she's just there. Like once she's there, who cares? She doesn't have to. Yeah, she doesn't have to be dark. She can just sit there sure, next sure. to cousin yep. it and yep. have a you know. And so I feel like, you know, there's a freaking hand 
a sentient hand running yeah. around delivering messages to everything. Like it does not matter how wild, woolly, and different you want to be. You you got a place here, you know. Yes. Like, and I think that's a- yes, I think that's very fair uh, a nuance there. I think where it really struck out to me, which again supports what you're saying too, is that in the end, when they're going to whatever the game they're playing of Unbury the Dead or whatever I don't remember what they call Wake it, the but Wake the Dead, Wake the Dead, yes, yes, <laughs> Unbury. What <laughs> that's a good thing I didn't write this. That's stupid. <laughs> um, but I'm like, this is their this is strong word. This is their culture. This is their mores. This is the way they live their life. Like I thought about this with the one episode of midnight mass. I watched when they're castigating the, the sort of puritanical uh, marm of the religious guy of the, the priest is, is sort of castigating the Islamic character. You know, it's like this, he's just him leave get off his back, you know, but same idea here is it's like, this is just how they operate. And yeah, you know, and I think that's really lovely that the movie is saying back the F off if you're judging them because they aren't judging you and they're welcoming you right in, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I I would, I would agree with that nuance. Reed. Yeah. Everybody at that party is just having a glorious time. Go ahead, Asia. feel like you've got thoughts brewing. This is, I don't know. When you were talking about, um, you know, calling things good, it, it kind of, made me think, and this might be a little out of left field, but I I think it ties in, is this notion of when Christ called Simon Peter, he Mm. didn't, you know, we have this image in our head of like, oh, the apostle Peter, Mm. you know, he, you know, found founder, I don't know, founder of the church, you know, all of these things, but it's not like you suddenly start acting like a different person because you have a different name Mm. and you are called you know, he is called Peter before he ever starts acting like, quote unquote, whatever this means, Peter, sure. whatever this mm-hmm. vision of Peter that we have is. And it's this notion of in the Adams family, you are Fester and mm-hmm. we're going to treat you like you are Fester, even if you're not acting like it right now. Mm-hmm. You know, even if mm-hmm. you are, we're going to call you family, even though you're not quite acting like family right now. It doesn't quite make sense to us right now. But either way, we call you family. We attribute mm, family yes. to you. Mm. Um, and it just, I don't, you know, it made me, it made me happy to know that this is a truth that is mirrored, you know, in reality, you know, in, in the faith that I hold is that I am called something better than what I am, you yeah. know, and, oh, and I get, and I get to grow into that. That's allowed. Um mm. And it just makes me grateful. And I, 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 yeah. You just, I mean, you just said a really profound thing. You are called something other than you are, and you get to grow into that. Like the, something the, better than you are. Yeah. Something better than you are, and you get to grow into that. Like the attribution, the attribution is like, no, no, no. Whatever else you got going on there, I have called you family. And, and how many, how many scriptural, how many, you know, loving and affectionate things where it's like, no, 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 no. I've, I've called you this to me. This is you, you know, like you are. And, and, you know, we have the, we do have the power. I'm not going to go down here because it's, Mm -hmm. it's not what saves us, but we do have the power to go in reverse of that as well. And, you know, we can assign attributions that aren't whole and that aren't, and that are destructive, but that's a really powerful recognition to reverse that and say like, no, 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 to me, this is you. Like, and, 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 and I attribute 
family. I attribute dignity. I attribute, you know, and, and that is not to say that we hold all the cards of power. It's just the recognition of we're going to treat you like this and you can embrace and live in that. And especially when it's calling to something better, richer, wholer, fuller, then you can grow into that. You can take some time. And that especially is how I believe that our maker who has fearfully and wonderfully crafted us, what did he say after each day of creation he it, called it, it good, good. Right. yes good. It, and, not and, will be or right. might be or right. perhaps could be under the right circumstances well and i think that's what so struck me about the way asia phrased it is you know called him family and everything it's like that's it yeah god called it good like it is good because he said it was your family because right. i said you are you know like it's so it's so funny i'm sorry to cut you off free like no, I you're keep having this gong in my head right now and, and read, you know, a little bit of this and I'll keep it. It could be a complicated story. I'll keep it brief, but I was at a dinner recently with some folks and there was four of us and it was it uh, amongst friends right here. It, it was one of the dumbest conversations I've ever been party to as an adult. And these are adults and oh my God, but you know, the, the two of you have read by virtue of life experience, Asia, by virtue of the amount of you've listened to my voice over the last four years, which is a little embarrassing to say out loud, but you have a sense of, of the way I, my, the way my spirit operates in the world and, and approaches people. And so at this dinner were uh, a couple of colleagues and one is, uh, God, I wish I knew the Enneagrams enough to be able to say this. He's a one, uh, right? Need to be against No, Yeah. Against that's an eight. Okay. Okay. One's Maybe a that. perfection. Eights are the challenger. Yeah. He's definitely a challenger. Like everything is wrong if it's not from him. Um, yeah. And, and then, so, so, but the problem is how we articulated the Ted Lasso assessment. Uh, be curious. I'm sorry. Um, ignorant, but curious. Uh, don't be ignorant, but arrogant. This mm-hmm. is that. Um, so it's an eight with very little to hold to, to stand on. Um, so you've got that personality. You've got a second personality who uh, knows a few things, thinks he knows everything. Well, then there's a third personality. The, members one and two of this conversation would ascribe the title Christian to themselves. Third person is a person who buys own admission kind of, and I'm not making fun of this. I'm, I'm setting it as a distinct from this believes in aliens, organized religion is a hoax, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Very sort of, not from any sort of traditional mold that that you know church people come from and then there's me so i'm sitting here in the thick of this and just trying to it was it was weird and wild but why this matters right now is members one and two of this conversation like i've been uh, amongst these people for a number of years now i know how fox Mulder, i'll call him that guy who believes in aliens i know how he thinks and i know i know that God loves him and has called him good and that nothing about him is at odds with wholeness in God. And damn it, the way these other two members of this group were withholding that, that mm. familialness. And I'm sitting here wanting to just be like, yo, don't even listen to him. Just tune him out. You are, you are you and you are awesome and you are good and you are loved and you are part of the family. Like, it requires it. What I'm the distinction I'm trying to make, and the point I'm trying to make is it requires us. No one gets there. No one is there without first knowing they've been called there. Mm. Right? Like mm. this guy is just you. What are you guys doing to him? You are poisoning the well 
of what could be rich faith by declaring him out when he's already in. And I just think it's, it's fester not being told you, uh, we're not sure about you. You're not right. Cause we don't know you're you. You're, he's called fester and grows into fester. Mm-hmm. In this scenario I'm describing, I have that active. Like if I'd had the language we're using now, it would have been in a, a powerful metaphor that they would just look at me like I was an idiot. You're fester. You're fester. <laughs> now just be him. You'll grow into it, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but I'm sitting here watching these other people who uh, would call themselves Christian. And, and that sounds real judgmental on my part. Uh, but you know, the spirit with which I'm describing the scenario, keeping someone from their name. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. a really destructive thing mm-hmm. that is sad to me. Well, I've said, I mean, I have I said it on this show. I've said it on social media and really probably with apologies to anybody who's sick of hearing me say it, I will say it as many times as I can. Some people walk with their faith and they are always trying to keep people out. And some people are always looking for ways to let people in. Mm -hmm. And for me and my house, always looking for ways to let people in. Now, there's such a thing as boundaries. There's such a thing as recognizing healthy versus toxic relationships and, and according your life as such. But in terms of the scope of the good and whole kingdom of God, like look for ways to let people in, look mm-hmm. for ways to say like, you know, you there, there's a place here for you. And I think one of the other things that's really frustrating about it all is like in this film to the Adamses, he's uncle fester end of sentence. And then they had their suspicions like what he sleeps all night. This is mm-hmm. what he didn't know how the finger trap worked. What do you, you know, like, <laughs> and so like, there's all these like disturbances in their understanding of it, you know, but then what's really interesting about it is that his mother plays in the theme we're exploring right now. His mother plays an interesting kind of dual role because to them, she needs to continually advocate his festerness. Like, oh no, he's, he's fester. Right. But then to fester in the private room, she's like, no, 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 you're Gordon and you're mine. And, and I'm the one who loves you and I'm going to do all this thing. I love it so much when his big, it's his big Titanic declaration at the end is you are a terrible mother. (laughs) (laughs) I said it. (laughs) It's just, it's so funny because it's so just, it's so simple. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. you are a terrible mother, you know, like, but I think it's so interesting to me how she is constantly trying to, you, you used language in articulating your story, Nathan, of uh, people working hard to withhold belonging from someone else. You don't yes. fit my criteria, you know, right. like you don't, you don't fit my criteria. You don't fit my mold. You don't, you don't, you know, run in the same circle. You don't. And, and I'm just like, man, oh man, I know this is a bold, I know this is a bold statement. <laughs> But I'm just like, if Jesus was sitting there, I don't think Jesus would ever look at anybody and say, you don't fit my criteria. He would look right there and say, I'll just make some criteria for you. That's, I think that's what Jesus would say. I almost dropped an F-bomb. That's, that's good stuff. <laughs> like, I'll, just, I'll just make some criteria for yeah. you. Because yes. you have a place. Yes. You know? What criteria do you need? Here it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, and, and true... Christ in in my belief paradigm uniquely has that power, but because he's so 
universally distributes that power and love and affection to so many other people abundantly, fully. And, and yes, there's all this kind of conversation that we could have about, are you living in it? Are you embracing it? Are you moving mm-hmm. away from it? Are you moving into it? Yes, all of those things are real. I'm talking right now about the Adams family sitting there looking at him and say, you are fester. And I would say there is... Uh, a maker of heaven and earth who also fearfully and wonderfully made you looks at mm. you, calls you good and says, I made you, I love you. Now come be part of the family. Right. Like that is it. And if you need some criteria, we have, we have an abundance of criteria. Right. <laughs> I love you know? it. Right. If you need like, some criteria, I'm just like, man, <laughs> that's, that's it's some. not, it's not sexy enough for a bumper sticker, but like Jesus Christ yeah. criteria maker, you know, like yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of that kind of thing that I feel like this film connects with me on some subliminal levels in that mm-hmm. way. It's just this little, like he just gets so swept up in it to where it's like, you know what? I can't not dance this mamushka. I don't even know if I remember it, but I can't not dance it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's a beautiful and, and to me, very affecting thing. So, Go Asia quick. Well, it's just like, you can't, you <laughs> can't, in, <laughs> you can't, you know, join in on a dance. You're not invited to, you know, you mm. can't, you can't celebrate. I try a lot, though. I got to be honest. I <laughs> yeah. really do. I'm like, oh, snap. This is my jam. And just start dancing. <laughs> my like wife will tell watching. you when we're at the mall, don't be standing near Nathan. <laughs> if, if that song comes on and it could be a myriad of them. I'm a criteria maker. You know? <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead, Asia. <laughs> no, it's great. It's uh, you can't you know, dance to a dance you're not invited to. He would never have been able to experience that joy, you know, if he had not been treated as worthy of joy. It's, mm-hmm. it's, that's good. Um, even the whole, the Dr. Pinterschloss thing, I think there's, there was something in that scene that also really struck me about it all in that the Adamses are not afraid of facing the darkness right you know it's we want to know what the truth is and you know it's demonstrated in so many little silly ways you know oh have you heard of disassociate or not disassociation of um displacement oh Oh, it is is it unpleasant deeply (laughs) oh and they're just so they're so (laughs) fascinated because they want what's true and if it happens to be you know, dark or gruesome in some way, well, it just makes it more interesting. Mm. You know, that makes it more fascinating. They, they're they not afraid of dealing with what's dark. And mm-hmm. because of that, they're able to get to the truth of the matter quickly. Even though Dr. Pinterschloss, I mean, she knows it's true, right? She knows where she found Gordon slash Fester. Certainly, she must have pieced together that this was not all a coincidence, right? Mm-hmm. And the truth was come to much quicker because they were willing to dive into what was uncomfortable. Okay. He, Fester's acting weird. Well, let's figure out why let's, let's talk about it right here, right now, all of us in this room. Why don't you talk to Fester dear? He's right outside the door. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a, a moment of facing what's ugly instead of hiding from it and finding what gems there are tucked away in it, mm-hmm. which was no. what they're so good at. Yeah. Uh, like unnaturally gifted at that particular quality to just mm-hmm. be like, oh yeah, like yeah, this is and and I could go on and on and on, and our listeners and my fellow co-hosts here probably don't want me to, but just uh, just that that notion of it's just it just all has a place. Mm-hmm. It just all has 
yes a a a place to belong in this and and yes maybe you know as as part it's it's a little uncomfortable at times and it's a little weird at times and and i feel like that can be something where we as people as creatures we really need it to be like what we understand like what we can navigate it really needs to be like what we can you know sit with and 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 you know i don't want to i don't want to you know say a backwards thing that somebody you know is compelled to be uncomfortable to a degree to where you're you know you can never find your own place of belonging and it certainly that's not what we're saying i'm just saying like a lot of times we should interrogate the ways in which we are withholding attribution from other people for whom christ god would totally assign attribution and we're sitting here like some kind of gatekeepers like oh no that's that's not that's not christian that's not mm. you know that's not lovely that's not like whatever and i'm just like I, I, you know like hang on man like there's uh, there's there's some some better conversations to be had around all of mm. this and i feel like there are multitude of precedential times where there were, you know, generally they were religious-minded thinkers or legal-minded thinkers in the scriptures where they were like, no, 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 don't you understand? It couldn't have been Jesus who healed you of your blindness because he healed you on the Sabbath. And so because of that, that had that's not allowed. And so because of that, you're not really healed and all of these other kind of things. And and just layer upon layer of what we think we understand and what we think we control. Meanwhile, Jesus is just opening blinded eyes. Meanwhile, Jesus is just like, yeah, you, you know, do this, do this. And again, I'll call out, yes, he was uniquely gifted to be able to do so. But guys, he did it. He did it. And so because of that, I think we should take something away from that about the ways that we constantly try to restrict. And, you know, what the Lord has put together, let no man put asunder. What the Lord has invited in, let no man cast out. I, I know the second part's not scripture, but that, you know, I said it and I mean it. So that's what that's what my feelings are about it. So mm. da da Hmm. Hmm. Uh, hmm. we don't we can uh, choose to do this or not do this however you guys like um whatever format we want to keep going with but i do have some enneagram stuff if you're interested in hearing it i am here for it i am here for it so i am so, i'm ready My are there any other thoughts you do it for it and the then? thing and thing <laughs> You know, I I don't know if my Enneagram knowledge extends so deep. Sure. Uh, to disembodied appendages. Yes. yes. Um, maybe once <laughs> we'll, I maybe we'll get once on I, it. Yeah. A few more books. I need a few more yeah, books yeah, for that one. Yeah. Um so here we go. Uh so quick, do you mind if I do a quick general Enneagram note before I get into this? Please. The Gen- floor is yours. I'm gonna do something that I don't recommend people do in real life, but because this is fiction. You know, I'm sure, breaking sure. a rule. Generally speaking, people change throughout their whole lives. And young people, specifically teenagers, middle schoolers, tend to really be in a process of finding who they are and trying on different versions of themselves. Therefore, it's my personal opinion that it is best not to audibly express a type for adolescence. You know, sure. again, it's like kicking around ideas, talking about yeah. stuff. That's totally fine. But the notion of, oh, you're 12 years old and you are definitely a six, 100%. You're never going to change. Your your personality is totally formed. Uh, In general, I don't recommend that. So I wouldn't Mm. normally be typing somebody as young as Wednesday and Pugsley, but it's a movie. So I'm going to do it. (laughs) 
Um, so let's start off. We'll just go with the patriarch. So Gomez, I have uh, dubbed him a seven wing six. Um, I'll just speed run through some of the attributes so this doesn't take a thousand years, but he's fun loving. Um, he's a big picture thinker. He's very much an idealist. He's mm. indulgent. He, very, he likes, you know, the finer things and fabrics and colors and all of the good cigars and things like that. Uh, he's prone to suspicion, which is where I kind of got mm. that six wing from. He's the one who's the most irritated by what he can't be sure of. Mm. Um, and then going down to Morticia, I think that Morticia is a two wing three. She is totally nurturing. She is such an attentive mother. She's an attentive wife. Um, she loves to give to people, but she does it with such flair and style. Her <laughs> dinner parties are a production. They're not mm -hmm. just a means of nurturing. If she's going to nurture you, she's also going to entertain you. And she loves doing it. Um, I like that. I think that. Fester, like like that. Oh, it's it's fun. I think that Fester is a six wing five, um, mainly because loyalty is everything with him. His whole mm. identity is wrapped up in, well, I have loyalty to my mother, who I think is my mother at this point, and mm. I want to help her and protect her and do what's going to be best for that relationship. But right. then once she he realizes where his true identity lies that becomes everything that he strives to protect and fight for and um, gain his own nourishment from. Um, he is, you know, he's prepared, he's detail oriented, he's very informed. Uh, those are all, I think, things that indicate the presence of a five wing, hmm. you know, all of his tools, we'll say tools, weapons that he brought. With him. <laughs> no detail is left, you know, uh, unseen. I would say that Wednesday is a five wing four. Mm. Um, she is introverted. She is learned. She is niche. She's very logical. Uh, but she, I think, and this is seen even more in Adam's family values. She likes and she enjoys how different she is. Huh. Um, That's while cool. I, I think that she, you know, she's very much was like, well, that, you know, I know how the Bermuda triangle is. I've studied it. You know, she, she's, <laughs> very much this logical thinker, but there's this undergirding of romanticism that only brings itself up when she's in the presence of other people that she gets to contrast her difference with. Hmm. Uh, I would say that Pugsley is a nine wing eight. Uh, mm. He is go with the flow. He is trusting. He's upbeat. He's unassuming. And he's usually the one getting hurt. Um <laughs> He, you know, he is the one that Wednesday is tying up to a chair and um, he just strikes me as probably the most easygoing of all the present family members who can speak. Mm. Um, and I just couldn't see anything, anything other than a nine for Pugsley. That's and awesome. A very bizarre tag on at the end, but I really did want to bring this up because I think it ties into our idea identity thing is Dr. Pinterschloss because uh, <laughs> she doesn't actually have a, an other name. She's never named as anything that's other than Dr. Oh, yeah, Pinterschloss. Yeah, Dr. Mother. Pinterschloss and mother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I would actually type her and this would be weird, but I think she is an unhealthy too. Partially being that she actually took in a child. She or not a child, but I guess Fester sure. would have been an adolescent at the time, mm -hmm. right? So he would have mm -hmm. been a young 
man, sort of a teenager, it looks like from the footage, when she found him. And she she did take him in as, you know, terrible as her methods may have been. She chose to adopt him. Um, and it would, I guess I would think she took him in because she wanted to feel needed, but really only crafted him into the image of herself rather mm-hmm. than who he uh rather than who he wanted to be. And she's very, she's, I think one of the things that I think of is she's so resentful at the end mm. when he chooses to be something other than what she made him to be. Right. right. And it, it's so personal. It's such an affront. And I think that that indicates, again, there was something there in her that prompted her to take on the responsibility of another human. Mm-hmm. But she does not have the health or the capacity to nurture in a way that isn't for her own needs to be met. Right. If that makes any sense. So, no, it does. That's oh, awesome, that's Major. Magnificent work. That's why we paid great, you great work. <laughs> I have fun. I love doing that. Good. That's awesome. That's so awesome. So, uh, should we go to the old fog meter on this? Uh, Let's do it. On this. Uh, and so, you know, in this. Uh, we're doing a spooky movie now, but uh, we are still in the what saves us category. So in the what saves us, uh, our traditional metric of fear and God is converted, not uh, fear and God, but fun and God, the fun. Oh, God. We, meter. We've got to keep that for next week, too. Reed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, we do. Um, so. Uh, so, yes. So, uh, Asia, this is your submission to us. I'm going to invite you to give your rating first out of 10 on the fun meter for the Adams family. Oh, fun has got to be a 10. I I mean, I just glee, unadulterated glee every time I watch this movie. So that that's an easy 10 for me. Uh I will go next and I will see you in that same 10. I <laughs> I I think this might now be having watched it last year, having watched it this year for spooky season. I might I think this might be a spooky season staple. I might revisit this every single year because I think it's going to bring the same degree of joy that it did this time around. This is a 10 for me as well. I hate peer pressure. <laughs> um <laughs> do you do you? There's room for difference. I know there's room there for is. difference. Be the yes. four that you are. <laughs> I do need to be different. It is real. <laughs> Um, I am going to go with an eight, which is by no means a slight. Uh, I found myself quite enjoying the film. I found myself definitely laughing in places, uh, uh, surprised by the, the wit and the comedy of it. So it is definitively fun. Not quite a 10 for me, but yes. Awesome. And what would you say for it's God meter? It's substance, if you will. I mean, I think I was really kind of impressed with um, I'd seen this film before. No, no knowledge of the TV show and kind of whatever broader themes it might dabble in. So on this film's merits alone, the kernel, at least that is there uh, is, is pretty substantial. So I'm going to go with an eight on, on the, um, the God meter there. So I'm, I'm almost there. I'm going to go with a seven. And the reason being is I said something earlier in the conversation where I said, I do feel genuinely that this film's primary intention is to just entertain the heck out of you. And I don't, 
I do think that there is, as we've said, some textual thematic substance that's that's in the the bones of this story. Um, but I think its primary intention is entertainment, and thus uh, uh, would land me at a seven for its god meter. Asia, bring us home. What would you say? You know, I think I'm also gonna I'm gonna go with an eight as well. Um, even if some of the more thematic beats were not even super intended they're 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 so easy to find um i think it's it's very rich in stones to be unturned um so i'm for me it's an eight awesome and that means that on the fun of god meter we give the adams family an eight half out of ten on the the fog meter that's pretty pretty solid showing yeah that's that's i was not expecting that honestly that, that's awesome. That's amazing. Um, so, uh, Asia, Nathan, would we recommend the Adams Family? Asia, I'm going to come to you first. Would you recommend the Adams Family? I think in a I know. Heartbeat, in a heartbeat, <laughs> I forced my dad to watch it. I was just like, "You have to. You have to." I. It's not an option. So, so for this conversation, did you force your social worker friend, and then subsequent to that, your dad, or prior to that, your dad, or was that was a previous time? Uh, so my dad, I forced him to watch it about a week after I had seen it. He came home to okay, visit okay. and I was like, dad, we're going to bond right now. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Great. Nathan. I, yeah. I do recommend the Adams family. I think it's a rollicking good time and, and something that didn't come up organically. So I'll throw it in here a bit, uh, uh here, <laughs> God, um, <laughs> is, while it starts to tamper with this idea a little bit by the very end, I love some practical effects. Like I watched this and I thought Tim Burton would have ruined this, which is a terrible thing to say because Tim Burton is a thought is a talented filmmaker, but the modern version of visual effects Mm -hmm. is just so muddy and gross sometimes. And it was so pleasant to see them Mm -hmm. actually like working to figure out how to portray things Mm -hmm. in camera. Yeah, really. Well, yeah. Tim Burton is directing a, or at least creating a TV show based on Wednesday Adams. So it's coming. I'm sure. Yeah. That's I mean, true. It, it's well, and, and stuff all over. To it, be yeah. fair, to be fair, Tim Burton in 1991 would not have That's ruined true. This. Tim Burton yes. in 2009 yes. might have ruined yes. it. But absolutely, I mean, correct. Uh, Beetlejuice is all is almost all yes. practical and stop motion yes. and everything. Absolutely. That was just like three years earlier than this. So yeah, which is uh, wild. What a wild ride! And this yeah. is not a Tim Burton conversation, but like that the eras of a filmmaker or craftsperson can change so much. Where you're like so mm-hmm. dramatically, right? Thirty years ago, you're like, oh, it's a new Burton. Now it's like, oh, <laughs> oh. that's no Burton. <laughs> all right, what do I got to watch Johnny Depp wear now? I know that's basically (laughs) (laughs) contrast. I think I think uh, Batman Returns was going to be the next year, you know, like and Batman Returns is very practical effects laden. But anyway, that's I I don't disagree with your point, and I want to actually highlight your point. Yes, practical effects, man, it's 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 wonderful, and it's all over this. I wholeheartedly recommend it. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful film. Um, And so that uh, concludes our conversation about. The Adams Family, which is really fun and a really fun way to kick off spooky season. Asia, thank you so much for recommending The Adams Family to us. This is a delight. This is a real treasure. Um, and uh, so I would even throw on one more you know, hearty recommendation. By all means, if you have not seen this film, 
seek it out for October because it's a delight and you're going to have a really good time. And if you haven't seen it in a number of years, revisit it. Uh, there's a lot of MC yes. Hammer love in this too. Uh, uh, MC yeah. Hammer. It's too legit. Yeah, there's a, it's too legit to quit. This is the way we roll. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. This is Next the way week, we roll. We roll. Oh Sorry. my gosh. It is. It is amazing. Dude, one time I was walking mm. to the grocery store and I passed by some people. No, well, no, there were some people <laughs> who were jamming as I was walking up. There were some people who like totally, they had to have been in high school, totally thought they were thugging out to MC Hammers. This is the way we roll. And I was like, I mean, like you look at them and you're like, oh man, they think they are so hard right now. And they were jamming. This is the way we roll. You're like, you guys MC are Hammer. too legit to quit. Hi. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so next week. Okay. Next week. Yes. We got to let everybody go. Next Boy week, we're going to be doing another What Saves Us entry, another submission. Um, the film is interesting, and we will save our conversation about that when we get to it. Uh, but it is Chuck Russell's directed film, Bless the Child, starring Kim Basinger and Rufus Sewell. Um, and it is, I think, readily available on HBO Max as of this recording. Maybe that is still true as of the broadcast. Um, but, uh, yeah, bless the child starring Kim Basinger directed by Chuck Russell. That is the film for next week. So, uh, acquaint yourself with that film and we will see you in furtherance of spooky season next week. Asia, thank you as always for being here and for all of your wonderful contributions to the show. Nathan, as always, thank you for this conversation and for all of our conversations. Listener, thank you as well. And as we say on every episode, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, but not the end of the conversation. And in that spirit, we encourage you to fear nothing else and be on your way rejoicing. We'll see you next week, everybody. See you guys. Thank you, Asia. Thank you. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, but not the end of the conversation. And you can continue the conversation in a variety of ways. Start by visiting thefearofgodpodcast.com for all the latest episodes and news, as well as for merchandise and how to contact us. You can follow us on Twitter, at The Fear of God on Instagram at Fear of God Podcast, or join the Facebook Fear of God discussion group. Special thanks to Jacob Hunt of jacobhuntcomics.com for our artwork, to Lee Wright and Reed Lackey for our theme music, and to Tyler Smith and MoreThanOneLesson.com for making our show possible. Lastly, be sure to subscribe to us on your podcast platform of choice, and if you listen to us through iTunes, we would greatly appreciate a rating and a review. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Hi, everybody. <laughs>